0: It's time for Breaking Bread with Papa. Hey! Don't you know? Hey! It's our goal. Hey! It's time for Breaking Bread with Papa. Hey! Don't you know? Hey! It's also a show. Hey!
1: Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Breaking Bread with Tom Papa. I'm Tom Papa. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited about this one. We get to sit down with the great, probably... One of the funniest working actors today, Tony Hale. Yes, that Tony Hale, you know, from Veep, you know, from Arrested Development. He's so great. I love him so much, and he was so nice to come and spend some time at the table. I gave him some bread. He gave me a rope basket. We'll explain. It's really so much fun. You're going to really love this interview. He's so damn funny. He always turns the questions back to me. Because he doesn't want to uh, talk about himself that much, but I break him down. <laughs> I love Tony Hill, so we have got a great show for you today. Also, I'd like to thank the good people from Lathwaite's. Lathwaite's. If you like wine, we all know that you want to be cool, right? You want to be cool. You at the very least, you you want to feel. You want people to feel like you know what you're talking about. And when you break open a bottle of wine, you don't want to disappoint people when they're coming to visit. Well, now you can be that person because Lathwaites goes out and discovers all the wine and then delivers them to you. They do all the research and you get all the credit. Just text PAPA, P-A-P-A, to 64000. That's 64000. 64000. And you get six amazing bottles of wine plus two bonus bottles and two stemless wine glasses for only $49.99 plus tax with free delivery. Text PAPA, P-A-P-A, to 64,000. Terms apply. All right, we're not going to go into a long intro today. We're just going to jump right in because I love Tony Hale and I want you to love Tony Hale even more. And you don't get to hear him this like this in these long interviews very often. So here's a little treat for you and make sure that you're eating a lot of candy and pumpkin bread because that's the time of year and you really should be doing it. And also you should be baking a lot of bread on your own. Tony Hale.
2: Was AJ your last guest?
1: No, Al, this is Al. all things comedy. This is all things comedy, which was kind of like a, uh, a consortium of comedians looking out for each other and like, mm. and, Um, you know, giving each other like production and stuff like that. And we built this company to have a safe place for comedians to uh, do podcasts or film Mm -hmm. things and stuff without um, being just thrown out to the wolves. Mm. And the idea was that we would all kind of like support each other, kind of like the old MGM model kind of thing. And, um, and Al is like one of the integral, he's like one of the founders, him and Bill Burr. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, God, that's a really cool, it is really cool.
2: That's why he said, do you need anything? Cause I, when he said that, I was like, am I doing it with you? Like I didn't see right. what he was
1: saying. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so no, it's been great. And they built our little space for us and, and, um,
2: that's so nice. This looks, that set looks familiar. Whose set is that?
1: Oh, that's the old, <laughs> I love Lucy set. Oh yeah. Um, right. Lucy. Oh, by the way, I remember the their couches. This is a, we'll start. Um, I interviewed, um, Lucy Arnez. Oh yeah, and she just released a podcast of Lu- that Lucille Ball did. <laughs> yeah, did what, you hear
2: about this? I think I heard about it. It's, it's her interviewing other celebrities, right? It's
1: amazing. Yeah, like her just hanging out with Dean Martin. What's it called? Um, Lucy's podcast. Podcast. That's right. <laughs> lucy's podcasting other celebrities (laughs) yeah
2: Yeah. lucy talking
1: to famous people that's right that's right
2: um she was very nice though i met her on the um uh i met her on the set of this being the ricardo's movie i did oh she was very nice she was Mm -hmm. what did you play i play a character named jess um oppenheimer who was the creator and showrunner of i love lucy oh so so were you cutthroat did you yell at people no, I was nervous, mm-hmm. which is a common theme for characters in my career. I've never seen that. Really? <laughs> it's in every single one. A lot of hypertension.
1: <laughs> are you at a point now where people are like, "Just get us a Tony Hale type"? <laughs> have wish. you seen that on on sheets? I used
2: to see that when I did commercials a lot in New York. Like they would say, "Like uh, a, a Tony mm. Hale type," and I just remember thinking, "Why don't you just call me?" Yeah, like, I'm available, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> i could uh, use the work right, exactly what why isn't my agent saying yeah, this
2: <laughs> going on you did were you in you you came from new york right? i came from new york yeah so how many years were you there i was there for a long time like
1: mm, 15 years
2: and you because i was there from <clears throat> 95 to 2003
1: yeah, that was about my thing, too. And I started splitting time around there. So I even stayed in New York longer. Mm-hmm. But I was out here also. Like, we were going back and forth with the kids Did and stuff. Did you do commercials? Very few. Just a handful.
2: Yeah, I, I remember all those casting directors. and I was terrified of them all. Commercial auditions are always so embarrassing. Mm. <laughs> Embarrassing. And it's just like, you just walk in a room and you just see all these guys who look and act exactly like you. I was, I was the quirky type who wasn't all there. Right. And that's how I was kind of defined.
1: <laughs> right. Did you ever run where you, uh, were booking
2: a lot? Yeah. I mean, I would say towards the last two years of being there, I, I was able to, cause I had so many jobs when I was there. I never did stand up, So I, or, or improv for that matter, but I, I, right. I had a lot of odd jobs. And so when I started to get more commercials, I was able to lessen the. I cater waited a lot. That was like my, Oh, yeah. That was, and I actually really enjoyed catering because I hated waiting tables because mm-hmm. people were so mean when it came to food. Like, <laughs> it's just so, so true. mean. And yeah. just so upset if they didn't get something right. And uh, I, was, I would leave the restaurant just hating the world. Yeah. Yeah, but cater waitering, you just set up the party and you didn't really have to talk to the people. Right. And then you got to eat this great food at the end of the night. And then you just, you got 20 bucks an hour and it was like, great.
1: That is great. I'm actually doing a, a bit about that in my act now about how we should be nicer to each other in general. And you have to stop um, being shitty to waiters. Yeah. It's like do you have to understand like the chain of events that has to happen before you get your food. Yeah. And then that last person in that process, they're
2: not the one you yell at. Yeah. And you also don't want to be shitty to them. Like that's not no. doing you any favors. Because I've heard stories of like what they'll do to your food. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, they, they, when that when those doors close in that kitchen, you don't know what they're doing. Those are the last people you want to be mean to. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. I always say be be extra nice to the busboy.
2: Oh yeah,
1: <laughs> that guy's a rascal. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But I remember. I remember. Like we would when I was waiting tables. I would, if somebody didn't eat like a a steak or something or just had like a couple butts, I'd cut off (laughs) that section where their bite was and I'd eat the rest. Or I'd take it home or I'd take home all the fries they didn't eat. If they just like had a bite of the cake, I'd just cut that part off and then just package the other one, the other half. and Had Uh, had a great meal at home. These are are
1: (laughs) pre-pandemic jobs (laughs) it's so funny we were i was talking about that the other day when i was in new york in the beginning i was so poor Mm -hmm. like i would do i I would do the comic strip on the upper east side for five dollars a spot and i lived off that money for a while (laughs) yeah i would get that five
2: bucks and that's how i was gonna eat the next day and that's before taxes (laughs) right yeah (laughs) Because how many like how many gigs were you doing a night, would you say how many uh, places would you go and when it like was really jamming and I could do all the clubs like
1: once I got past like the early days, um, I would do like six gosh seven and just run around
2: and you just knew all of the the uh, owners and all that stuff
1: yeah so you'd put in all your avails and then you'd map it out and you'd be like okay so i 'm going to do all of these on that night and you'd time it out with everybody and then
2: so you gave them um, do you want me asking this? yeah no. you gave them I've never known this so you, you, you called you would call an owner and you would say I'm available this night right and then they would then give you a spot then so that you could schedule your night?
1: they would give you for the week so
2: you would oh. each club
1: has their avails line and you would call oh. up and say I'm available Monday Wednesday Thursday and Friday oh wow um, all night and then, and each one was kind of like staggered. So you would get all your spots for stand-up New York on the Upper West Side. Yeah. And then they, the comic strip would call and say, here are your spots. And you'd make sure that you can you can match them all. And uh, and you just string them together.
2: So when you accidentally, which I'm sure happened, double booked yourself. Or yeah. two, Would you have to call one of them and say, hey, can I switch to this yeah. spot? And they yeah. were always cool about
1: that? It, it depended. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. There were like, stand-up New York would be cool about it. Comic strip would be less cool about it. The comedy seller would say, uh, would make you feel like if you moved your spot, you'd never work there again. Or work again, probably. <laughs> yeah, or work again. Yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. were so uh, scary.
2: Was there just a lot of passive aggression, too? Like, yeah, sure, man. If that's really what you, how you're feeling, if that's what you want to do. Okay. If that's, if that's, okay. Oh, I'll make God. a note. I'll make oh. a note. <laughs> oh, Lord. No!
1: Like, nobody wanted to cancel on Esty. Esty was. And he was where? She was uh, the comedy seller. She books the comedy seller t- to this day. And it's so funny because as everything settled down and I, you know, rose up, I would just go to the comedy seller. And mm. her and Manny, who owned it, the original owner, mm. they were like my family. I was there Aww. every single night. And Aww. they were just like lovable. I, we'd go out to eat after and stuff. And to, nice, but and then to see new people show up and be like terrified of SD. <laughs> like it's, she's still doing it, you know. Okay, if you want <laughs> to cancel, you
2: can. I'll, I'll make a note.
1: <laughs> oh, no. Because it, it was so hard to get into the club.
2: Oh, yeah. And did the, when you go back, do you kind of uh, reunite with a lot of these? Oh yeah, stuff like that. yeah, That's nice. That's oh, like a God, really yeah. nice little community.
1: Oh, it really is. So when you are acting, if you're not doing improv, <clears throat> I'd like to keep talking about you. If you're, you're not, not right? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, if you're not, if you're, uh, if you're acting, but you're not in improv and you're not doing stand-up, were you just a lone wolf, or did you have like your stable of friends
2: that were all doing it at the same time? Mm, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I did sketch comedy. I, I was, with, I was in this group called King Baby, and we would do. We would write sketches and perform those, but it was not improv based um and I really enjoyed that All I right. really enjoyed that. Where um, were you doing that? We did it at the Lambs theater on forty third mm-hmm. and then we'd go down to um oh, shoot it was I remember it was across from like an Aveda <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Near like Tribeca it was in Tribeca, but it was uh-huh anyways, it was like one of it was like a club down there. And there was a museum on top uh-huh. or a gallery and we would just kind of randomly, whatever spots we, we wouldn't hit, like we were not a part of the, you know, UCBs or anything right. like that. It was very kind of off the radar. Yeah. Um, but it was really fun. And I mainly did, uh, like off, off, you know, Broadway, but not professional off Broadway Like right. stuff. I'd see stuff. I'd get backstage magazine. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd obviously and just go through there and I'd circle uh, yeah. possibilities and then I'd audition and just did uh, like plays and really loved. Them. And then commercials, you know, was kind of where I, so I, and when I temped, I would also temp mm-hmm. and I would go to this temp agency called Mademoiselle Temps. And I would, I could never go for more than a day because I didn't know if we, with commercials, you didn't know if you were going to get an audition the next day. Right. So I'd, I'd go for the day <laughs> and I'd sit in the lobby and they would always play these Jim Carrey movies, and it was like a big purple room. <laughs> and then they send you out, cause they really just like if somebody got sick, they just sent you out to like they need a warm body at, sitting at this desk. And right, and so they'd send me to like these fancy banks and Vogue. One time I attempt at, <laughs> I just like me and my khakis, just like what's going on, <laughs> and just all these uh, UCB, all these places. Yeah. And I was so excited because they had great cafeterias. These places had great cafeterias. <laughs> and back then you could make as many long distance phone calls oh, as you wanted. Because, nice. I mean now it's not a big deal but back then that, that cost, was huge. cost a lot of money. Yeah. So I would just do long distance phone calls all day at the desk and no one would know about it. <laughs> and then I'd okay. leave and they never asked me to do anything cuz they never trusted me. Right. I was just a, a warm body that day. <laughs> yeah. So I just made long distance phone calls and ate their food. That's amazing. Do you remember like going to
1: find phone booths? Mm-hmm. like there was a there was in a the subway in remember, the subway yeah, yeah like you get your pager and you yeah. like, and then <laughs> yes. and it was like oh, i might have an audition yes and there was a great on a uh, on 23rd street the toy building the
2: toy something building on 23rd
1: yeah it was right by um
2: right at the flat iron
1: yeah right at the flat iron but a little west yeah and they had an old time bank of of oh, phone booths okay, yeah. old wooden phone booths
2: i think that was near dallas barbecue was there a dallas yes barbecue yes right there? yes yeah 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 and you could go in there and it was like
1: something out of like superman movie yeah like yeah You go in <laughs> you yeah. make your calls and get your auditions i remember my
2: number you do two one two six oh four four nine six three wow and i would i would dial it and I don't know if the yours was like this. If it clicked immediately, there was a voicemail. Uh-huh. So if it went immediately to voicemail, you were like, and just this flood of joy went through your body because it was only for the agent. Right. So you are just like, and then you dial in your code and then you'd hear them like, hey, you know, I had Linda, Linda McIntosh was my agent. She was like, hey, Tony, you know, hey, I, give me a call when you get a chance. I got, some, I got some news for you. And I was like, Linda, Linda. Well, you didn't get it, Tony. You didn't get it. I'm so sorry, Tony. You didn't get it. Like, oh. And she'd always describe me as, like, um, uh, uh, a, a not-so-good-looking David Schwimmer. <laughs> oh, jeez. And I was like, Linda. And she was like, Yeah, you know, you're not you're not there yet, but, like, you're cute. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> they were so honest with you back then. Oh, yeah. especially New Yorkers.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, doing stand-up. I remember auditioning at the comic strip, and they're like, yeah, well, uh, we already have a likable white guy, so I don't know why you were going to work. And it was like, well, how do I change
2: that? (laughs) Also, like, I don't, there's like a balance because you always, especially the acting schools, there's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, you got to break them down to build them up. Right. But just like, it was too much. I mean, I don't yeah. know if it was because the city was so hard, but I remember going, I won't say his name, but I went to this one acting teacher that was really <laughs> popular. And uh-huh. it was just so, everybody was walking on eggshells around him. I was just so terrified of him. And oh my God. We were studying Meisner and, you know, you kind of have to have a safe space to do yeah. Meisner. And and he was just like, everybody was just like terrified they were going to do the wrong thing. Mm. And it was just like the worst thing that could possibly promote any freedom. And then I went to the school called the Barrow Group. Do you remember the Barrow Group? No. It was a really great school. And that was just like that was, I think it was actually the first time somebody was like, Hey, this is like Playtime, like you're supposed right, to enjoy it, because gave you a stand-up or, or sketch comedy, it was like the idea of play was right. not even in the framework. You you go right. to these acting classes and people would be like, Tony, that was really great work. <laughs> Your work was amazing, <laughs> man. We get get out there do the work. And you're just you like, know, people oh my be god. <laughs> yeah was <laughs> like where's and then this whole idea of play was like oh i guess i should incorporate yeah that, you know yeah my love of life <laughs> yeah like why i'm here like i don't know so it wasn't even did You
1: go to hb studios
2: did you do no i didn't those? do hb i
1: did I, barrow I did those. and this other crazy did, one. hb was like that it was like just like an angry yeah <laughs> former actor from the 70s and just like oh, tell us about you and your father was <laughs> like jeez, exactly. oh, geez yeah <laughs>
2: And it's like, I do get it. Mm-hmm. I get what I get. They're trying to get to vulnerability, mm-hmm. but it's like, it got to the point where you're in a class and if somebody cried, they were like, oh, yeah, Meryl Streep. You know, it was just like, Rain. they <laughs> cried. And, and the thing is like, well, and so everybody was just trying to like emote and cry. <laughs> and, get, and it was almost <laughs> like we were true. all just wanting people to say, good work. Great job. Good yeah. work. You know? And it's like, <laughs> I cried. Do you want me to cry again? Yeah. You know? This is so weird I know it is so weird,
1: but there is something to there is i mean well l- let me ask you you you're a great actor thank you you're you're so believable like you were one of those people that you do not see the acting oh that's you just nice. see this oh he is this person like you totally mm. which is such a difficult thing you especially when you're in it mm. you see when people are acting mm. but you're just nice. the character which is so how do you get there do you have do you take things from your training or are you
2: playing? Um, well, I remember doing this. I did this movie years ago where it was called the, it was called the year of getting to know us. And I was playing this character that was described as like really manipulative and a kind of a douchebag and kind of a player. And, mm-hmm. and um, I just remember thinking, Oh, I hate people like this. I hate people like this. I don't want to play this. I hate people like this. And I went to this great coach here in LA called Diana Castle. Mm-hmm. And, She said, um, she says, Tony, you have to acknowledge that this stuff is in you. Like these these things are in you. Mm. And the fact is, she's right. I have been manipulative in my day. I have been, I'm not proud. I've been a bit of a douchebag. I've had moments of, you know, entitlement that I'm not proud of. And it's like Mm -hmm. the more you begin, the more I began to see these things in myself. Yeah. The more I felt like I wasn't necessarily playing an idea of a character, I was playing. It was coming out of me, oh. and so like I think for many years I was kind of like if somebody said, um, "Play this," you know, I don't know, CEO of this company. I had this like yeah idea of like what he would be like, rather than okay, so the CEO has got leadership skills. He's he's you know he's a he's a motivator. He mm-hmm. you know he's obviously a great people person. And I think like, I can bring that into myself. And the fact is, if I go into the audition and if I do, and if I bring that out of myself, I might not get that role. Mm-hmm. But I tell you, no one else has done that because it came out of me. Right. Whereas if, whereas if I was playing an idea of something, there's thousands of guys who could play that idea better than me. Right, of course. You know? So I think that was a real kind of like, huh. Yeah. So like you think about my like these characters like Gary on Veep or something. You know, I'm, I struggle with anxiety. I um, mm-hmm. I have codependency in my life. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> There's, you know, you can kind of draw on these things. Yeah. And even if like you are playing someone <laughs> really evil, you can find, you know, like in this Benedict Society show I do, you know, he's very sarcastic. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's kind of manipulative. And it's like, like the other character, like I yeah. have been manipulative and I like sarcasm. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, you can find that in you. Right. Not to say it always And what works. do you, when you are finding that, what is the process
1: of finding that
2: um the the, the this guy that worked under Diana Castle Joey Borgogna, I worked with on on benedict and um a lot of it is going through the story and just kind of um like the for instance, these two brothers on benedicts I play mm-hmm. twins on Benedict society yeah. and um just kind of thinking about their life you know mm-hmm. they they came from an orphanage um a curtain, who's the, kind of the evil brother, which I kind of see it as like, he wasn't really evil. He was just kind of really broken, but uh-huh. he, his brother Benedict was adopted and he wasn't. Uh-huh. And so, I mean, that really like caused a tremendous amount of resentment. And right. Typically with a resentment, what happens is a tremendous amount of, you know, anger and, mm-hmm. and, and, and fault finding and victim, vic- making yourself the victim. and, mm-hmm. You know, so just to kind of thinking through their life and really, because I've honestly I've I deal with a lot of resentment. I have I have resentments sure. to 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 people in my life, and it really does not breed the best outcomes. Right. Like, it doesn't do any good. No. You know. <laughs> yeah. And so I can see that if let loose, mm-hmm. that's not a pretty picture. Right. So just to kind so of you just
1: kind of spend the time. Yeah. Just
2: kind of daydreaming. And I'm sure, and I know I'm sure you do this too. It's like when when going through the script. Thankfully, I worked with uh, Phil Hay and Matt Manfredi, who were the uh, the showrunners and, and wrote the scripts. Mm-hmm. In addition to other writers, they were very very open to Yeah, it doesn't sound like something Benedict would say, or this doesn't. Curtain. Right. I feel like. What do you think about this option? Or, and I've I've learned that rather than saying. This is not this this is not right. You I have to be creative and I have to challenge myself and think of options. Uh-huh. Because rather than going with them and saying, No, it's like this feels a little uncomfortable. What do you think about this or what do you think about this? Right, right, right. Because I'm I'm obviously feeling something off, so I need to challenge myself to think of ideas. Right, right. So that really helped. They were very open to that, which I really appreciated.
1: That must have been so difficult though, because what you're as I'm trying to catalogue your daydreaming and coming up with the character and like that's a, it's a lot of work and you've got to really believe it and have it really be part of you when you're going to do it. And then you're doing this with two characters yeah. in the
2: same, on the yeah. same. It's, it's a lot. It was a lot, but it's like, I, I'm so, I'm so grateful. I mean, like you, it's just like, we're so, I'm so grateful to have gigs. You right. Know? You're just like, man, I'm so grateful. And it came at a time where I was, we shot it in Vancouver mm-hmm. and, um, and I, because of the pandemic, uh, I couldn't come back for I came back home for five and a half months. Right, I remember you told me that. So like I was, I was just in this And I couldn't really hang out with anybody. Right, and so I was just in my apartment. God And just really, it's all I could think about. So I'd yeah. come home and I'd go through the script and I'd. I'd and the and Phil and Matt were in LA and we'd uh, Zoom and have like wine together and, <laughs> right. and just talk. And I was able to just really kind of dive in. Wow, so that's I'm great. It's like a nice little like
1: yeah. acting summer camp in a it way. It kind
2: of was. I really, kind of was. Veep was kind of the same way because I remember Veep, we shot in Baltimore and all of those first three years and everybody was... Uh, their families were all back home, so we kind of became each other 's families, and yeah, we'd do the gig and then or we'd do that we 'd shoot and then we'd go out for a drink and just talk about the day and oh, like, that 's oh, great it was It was nice to kind of get that foundation you know? yeah, so, so oh nice. man, that makes
1: so much sense though because i 'm sure you 've been in things where people aren 't really hanging and you kind of
2: clock yeah. in and do it and it 's like, yeah, well, of course that doesn 't all gel <laughs> yeah and i, I mean i 've always like your guy's community of with stand up it 's I'm sure when you do gigs that it's you all go out and just hang out which is to me a huge part of the joy of it huge. Of, just, of just being able to be like can you believe that guy and right. this person did this and she said that and yeah. just to kind of congregate and you know go it, back and forth and you almost have to it's uh, like
1: I, we, we tell each other the same stories over and over and over again yeah. about like how you 're doing your work and who these people are and like yeah. how we 're going and you you have to be told it 's like you have to refresh all the time you yeah. have to constantly it 's like the stones like rehearsing satisfaction if you heard that oh, no like they still when they were i mean i don 't know what 's happening right at this moment, but still like in their most current tours, they would still rehearse satisfaction. Really? Yes. And why is that? Because you we have to remind ourselves. Oh, we never yeah, we yeah, never yeah. we never retain everything. We're constantly changing, constantly evaluating. Yeah. And I feel like that's what the community kind of gives you is like oh. when I can roll into the comedy cellar and just sit there and listen to people, it's like we're very no one we I can't share this with anyone else but these people. Yeah. They're the only ones that have this perspective.
2: Yeah, do you guys do bits to each other?
1: No, pretty rarely. I mean with some yeah. close ones you might say is this, you know, is this anything or Yeah. Um and some some comics like really love to talk about it. Like what if I would talk to uh like Seinfeld when I started working yeah, with yeah, him yeah. on the road and stuff. Yeah. He loves to like if you just tell him if you tell him I've got this bit about uh Pellegrino and I'm thinking about, you know, every time I hold the bottle, I'm more arrogant, arrogant than I am. Yeah, yeah. And he'll be like, he'll jump on it. <laughs> He's just like, he, that's all he wants to talk about. He <laughs> yeah. And other people are just like a little repellent yeah. to it. Yeah. Yeah. But just having that, having that community is, but then you like, you go through these, these parts in your career when you have a family Yeah, and you, yeah, it's like, you're not hanging out as often as yeah, you did yeah, unless yeah. you're forced, unless you're trapped during a pandemic in Vancouver. Yeah. yeah.
2: Do you still, is it kind of that that you kind of just do weekends or you, how does that work? Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. And then come home and then go back out that kind of a thing. And that you're pretty much alone that you're, it's you in the opening act, you know, when you're headlining around the country, yeah. you're not like once in a while you'll be in a, in town with someone else, you know, and, go out after, but mm. it's, it's pretty much, and it's exhausting. So That's like, exhausting, you're doing two hours of talking a night, and then, yeah, I just want to go to the hotel and yeah, just lay yeah, there. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. And it would, be, I would think it would be hard to detox from something like that. Mm. Or is it not? Cause I, I always associate it with, um, I mean, it's obviously maybe not hyper as emotional, but yeah. there's the stories of, I mean, it was Al Pacino or somebody doing this really intense, play in new york and it would end at 10 and they just yeah they went to the bar and they just couldn't detox from it yeah you know and i feel like all that energy yeah like how you kind of come off that i've
1: heard that but if you were to put a mattress at the side of the stage i could say goodnight wave to everybody and crawl in and be asleep before everyone's left the room. (laughs) Are you a morning person? Uh, More so. I've I've changed into it because of children. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I love morning. You do?
2: Yeah, I would probably be like that. I'm not... After 10, I just begin to start to dwindle. Well, here's the thing. I get that way too, and the second show starts
1: at 9:30 and the opening act is on for 20 minutes so you're you're going up there at 10 yeah <laughs> and i always think that like the show is just me this is the Ooh. entire there's no band there's no nothing Ooh. and i'm really want to go to bed now <laughs>
2: You also have moments where you're because I I don't again I do not do stand up and I have huge admiration for what you guys do. But I do have moments being on talk shows where I'm yeah. I'm sitting on the couch and like Conan or whomever is there and Yeah. and all of a sudden my body just leaves my body and starts watching my body yeah. and just being like shut up. Just like <laughs> you're talking too much. Just shut your face, Hale. Shut, your story is too long. Shut it. You know, and I can't, and then I'm, yeah. I'm and it's like, you just watch it and then I'm
1: not in my body and it's just, it is weird. Those dis- like, yeah, yeah. Those disconnected moments where you, I'll be on stage sometimes and I'm telling, there's jokes coming out of my mouth. Yeah. And then the other part of you is doing that is commenting. Or like,
2: what's after this? Do we know what's after this? <laughs> yeah. Just keep
1: going. Let's see if we yeah. have it. Oh, yeah. it was that.
2: Oh, or is it the kind of thing where you're reading a page and then you forget what you just read? Yeah, similar. You know, just because you said that story so much. Similar. Yeah.
1: I mean, but that you know, but those are moments you don't want to be in those moments. You want to be like, oh yeah, connected. So yeah, you have yeah, to, yeah. you're always kind of like trying to get back onto the. Is the, the group. ten
2: o'clock audience? Uh, is is there a different vibe or are those like night people
1: they're more night people okay they're a little younger they're oh like, okay. Interesting. Yeah, okay yeah 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 yeah, yeah it's different and it depends on where it is like in the city and if i'm doing things at the comedy store it's they're kind of all the same yeah but okay. if i'm in indiana uh that those people coming out at 10 are they're the wild ones <laughs>
2: yeah yeah they're ready
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh it is fun, though. So, but when I was saying, like, when you have the family and all that stuff, it's like yeah. all that extra time is spent with them, you know?
2: Yeah, and you come, and I'm sure, like, you come home in it, then you you step into to family mode. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. How do you do it when you have a, a, a new part that you're working on or trying to get, and you've got the family around... Do they know dad needs to <laughs> w- go into his daydream mode and D- lock away? Daddy's an
2: angry face. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: Are you a, I always find that difficult, like to yeah. isolate from while in the home.
2: Yeah. Um. Yes. I mean, it, it, that's a bit challenging. I'm trying to think. I haven't... I don't know, like when it comes to when it comes to really, um, fleshing it out, yeah. like if I was to do a real, uh, angry something or if mm-hmm. I haven't had to do really, really heavy, intense things, but a couple, yeah. I kind of get, I kind of, I go through to my head and I'm kind of thinking about it I might get a quiet space to go, but it's when I get on set that I begin to really, uh uh-huh. like in the, the dressing room or something, right? really begin to flush it out. Oh, you know? yeah. Cause it feels, it feels like the safest space there. Cause right not so much my family but i think like if i'm screaming and the neighbors are wondering you know it's like your dog's you know, looking at you yeah. and it's all
1: weird <laughs>
2: yeah. what's wrong with daddy <laughs> yeah. And, yeah and so it's like when i get to this sp- when i get to the space <laughs> that's the time that i'll like really begin to flush it out
1: right right well you're so talented um, i
2: uh it comes from so much pain
1: <laughs> <laughs> that those do you ever see the phil hartman acting coach no oh my god Look it up on, on YouTube S- is that on, SNL? on SNL. Oh wow! I'm, yeah, I'm sure you'll find it on somewhere. But Phil Hartman playing an mm. acting coach in New York, and he just the way his like arrogance, and he's saying he's so he's so <laughs> confident about what he's saying, and he's saying yeah. nothing. Yeah. And he's breaking these people down, and he just like hates one of them.
0: <laughs>
2: you know, it's so. <laughs> oh, I really should watch that. Oh, it's so good. Man, what a talent! Like what? What a talent! What a talent! And God, what a loss. I know. It's weird. I was actually not not recently, but a while back. That he came to my mind, and I mm. just that. I just remember. I don't remember where I was actually, but I I remember thinking like, what? Like, yeah. not only did he pass, but just the circumstances of it was just like wild insane 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 at the time i was like what yeah how does that happen how does that happen and then like everything else you gotta move on but you have these moments of like wait a second that did happen
1: yeah i know such a weird one he was such a bright light he really was and he didn't join snl until later he was like really, yeah. He was like he, he didn't come in as a he was at the time. I think he was the oldest cast member.
2: Really, yeah. You know, my wife was a makeup artist on SNL. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Is that how you met? No, we we met at, at church actually. Oh, really? In, in New York, yeah. But um, she, uh, yeah, she was a makeup artist for seven years on the show. Like the yeah. like the Amy Poehler and Molly Shannon. Well, no, yeah, Molly <laughs> Shannon, Crowd, and Tina Fey and thank you you're welcome Ana Gastar because each, each uh, cast member gets a kind of makeup hair team because they're so fast, the changes are so fast right and so Anna was uh, on or Martel was on Ana's team yeah oh, that's cool so she did the whole Martha Stewart look <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the, the NPR look with Molly yeah and, yeah oh that. really yeah. that was, was great she, she loved <laughs> she loved working on that
1: That's so cool.
2: I mean, they just had a commercial, like a commercial break, to change the entire wigs, bald caps, my god, makeup, just like in a two-minute, three-minute period. Did
1: you get to go to the cool SNL parties? I
2: did go to one. Oh, I. did go to one. Cool. I think I. (laughs) I remember I went because it wasn't with her though. It was. Uh, Oh really? She went to those, but we we were just dating at the time. Mm -hmm. But then when Julia hosted uh Julie Lee Dreyfus hosted uh SNL I went down and that's uh, and I went to one of those parties and I, it was very cool.
1: Oh, that is cool. Julie is amazing. Oh, she's amazing. Oh my god. I got to do just two episodes or four, I don't know, on uh
2: Christine. Christine. Yeah.
1: And I just I remember looking I remember looking at the script before I came in before we worked and I was like, "Oh, okay, so you know, you're looking at the scene and it's like, "Okay, so i have the joke there and then she's oh she's setting me up for this joke and and then everything that she said was funny every like the most boring straight line she it was all funny everything she did was funny i'm like i know (laughs) the writers must be so blessed that they i mean there were great writers on there but i mean that you have like she's going to take everything
2: yeah and she also, I was, since my character on that was so close to her all the time. So good. I just, I got to even hear like the little like grunts she would do <laughs> and like, just like the smallest things. And yeah, I was labeled, which I don't think is true. I think she actually broke more than I did, but I was labeled the one that broke the most. Oh, and really? uh, one time I broke so much, she turned to me and she says, Tony, you know, you're not watching the show. You're in the show. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but it's a funny show.
1: So I got a nice big box of wine from our friends at Lathwaites. Lathwaites is a great subscription service that gives you a whole array of wines curated from all around the world. For 50 years, Lathwaites has been del- delivering wine the right way from people who love making it. They find all these people, these unique people, bottle um, uh, bottlers and vineyards and winemakers, and they go literally taste over 40,000 wines a year, and only 600 make the cut. So you get to enjoy the cream of the crop. The wines I got from them are amazing. Bee's Knees is a zinging, thrilling South African wine. Journey's End is a small family-run estate. You, you just have to... I love wine. I love finding out about wine. The people at Lathwaite's give you a description of every bottle that comes into your home so you get a, a knowledge of it, it connects it to it. The greatest thing about, for me, enjoying really great wine is the story behind it. It connects you to a place, it connects you to the people, and then you pass that on with the people you're sharing it with. 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you don't love a wine for any reason, weights, you'll just let them know and they will refund it. Members save on every subscription case that they choose, and each box, Includes tasting notes, food pairing tips, and serving inspiration. Now you can get six amazing bottles of wine, plus two bonus bottles and two stemless wine glasses for $49.99 plus tax with free delivery. All you have to do is text Papa, P-A-P-A, to 64,000. Get this special offer. It's Papa, P-A-P-A, to 64,000. Terms apply, available at latheweights.com. Let me spell latheweights for you, kids. L-A-I-T-H-W-A-I-T-E-S. Latheweights.com. Enjoy the wine. And now back to the show.
2: There was a weird thing is, when she, uh, years ago, she did, uh, she was the blind lawyer on Arrested Development. She played that character in Arrested Development. right. And we both individually got the question, did we do a scene together on Arrested Development? Uh-huh. And both of us separately said, no, we were never in a scene together. So <laughs> uh, no, we, we just weren't. This is beeps the first time we worked together. Yeah. And then somebody sent us a screenshot of a scene that we were both in <laughs> at a desk, <laughs> talking to each other for an extended <laughs> amount of time. And we just both blank, completely blocked yeah. it out. <laughs> it's hilarious. Just made no impact <laughs> on each other's lives.
1: <laughs> uh, the rhythm you had was so great oh, oh was, my that god was, that was
2: a real gift because god I mean you know when you when you work with somebody that you feel like that <laughs> that that rhythm is 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 safe and established and you feel like when you throw the ball they're gonna throw it back and, yeah man it was just like I feel like it was just that we were doing like a dance like yeah. there was one scene where she was getting ready for some party and and uh, I was zip, I was zipping up her dress, and I was putting her bracelet on, and I was putting her shoes on, and I was putting her <laughs> necklace on, all during this like bit. Yeah. And we just there was just we found that rhythm, and it was just like riding this kind of comic wave together. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. I, I could have done that. Yeah. A hundred times, which actually really, when I said that about um, uh, satisfaction, then rehearsing that song, it's yeah. Like, since I'm not a musician I'm like that seems odd but like I would do that scene right I mean if I was given the chance I would do that every opportunity I could because I just love that scene (laughs) so much yeah you know
1: oh man the move of of you doing you you I'll just in my crude way sum it up you actively trying to help her and do something and be a little meddlesome and her like tolerating it, tolerating and then her cutting you down and the way you would cower and leave the scene or just like you're, it was like you getting caught. Oh, what a oh,
2: yeah. funny, funny, just absolute shame. <laughs> yeah. <right. It's laughs> wonderful. Because also I, she, she, the thought of her, when people would say, God, Gary, like she's so verbally abusive to, you. It was just like, no, like she's Jesus. Like, right? she, <laughs> she's everything, talking to me. Everything, everything that comes out of her mouth is glorious. And, I mean, <laughs> why isn't she president? I just, I just like, I was like just completely blinded uh, to any of her yeah. dysfunction. <laughs> everything she said was right.
1: That's got to be so much fun. Like it when you talk so about fun. discovering the character, like yeah. once it's locked in like yes, that, yes. that's got to be a joy.
2: It was a joy. And at the same time, as a process, like, you know, it's. It's really scary. Like that, when we were doing, they brought us out to London, which was really exciting to rehearse mm-hmm. for uh, the season and, or the pilot or something. And I was so nervous because, again, I don't have an improv background. I mean, I've, I've gotten better and working with people like Matt Walsh, who like created yeah. UCB, like I've really learned a lot, but I yeah. didn't have the background and we would kind of go through the the pilot and they would just kind of stand around us with all these you know english writers and just with their little notebooks and just write and i thought oh my god they want us to come up with bits mm-hmm. like i didn't know what's going on and so that first week i w- when i was just trying to find the character i would just go up to the hotel room and just call my wife and be like i'm going to get fired tomorrow. oh my god like, i'm going to get fired tomorrow i was convinced i was really? going to get fired really and then come to find out everybody felt that way except Julia I think she was pretty locked in right (laughs) but everybody thought they were going to be fired because the process was so unique yeah and then come to find out they weren't really looking for us to come up with the bits they just were kind of seeing what gelled Mm -hmm. if it really came from an organic place right right and so that kind of relaxed us a little bit, but... Wow. It'd oh be nice if gosh. they told you that in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That, would, that would have been a nice little informant. I think actually, and honestly, he probably did. Mm-hmm. I was probably just in this, like, we got to come up with funny. like Because yeah. in, in the States, like, many, like, I remember doing this movie uh, years ago where I kind of felt like they were waiting for us all to come up with funny bits. Sure. Like, the framework wasn't really solid, and so they kind of said, well, you know, he was on this and he was on this and she was on this so let's just put them together and see what happens Right. and the director was like, all right, go. <laughs> oh, it was just this like, I felt like all of a sudden nobody's captaining the ship mm-hmm. and you're looking for me to bring the funny, I don't have any framework. What the hell? It was so nerve-wracking and so I yeah. think I associated those wow, two
1: things. Right, 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 right.
2: That was not at all Armando from Veep but man, that was, the other one was a really scary experience. Ma'am.
1: I want to thank you for the, um, for the rope bowl that you made me. Oh. <laughs> You're welcome. Um,
2: I love I love doing that.
1: It's so good. Why, why did you? Happen? don't have, have you to s- like it so much. It's so great. No, because
2: look. <laughs> which by the way, did you tell the story that I accidentally put? I put TPP on there instead no. of no. Yeah, I put your your initials are T-G-P. TGP. and we were doing our talk <laughs> over Zoom, right? And I heard TPP and i put the monogram as tpp on the bowl and it's tgp so sorry
1: i i had no problem with it my wife right. i um so tony makes these rope bowls which are as a bread baker this is my hobby i, I bake bread and uh i baked you bread that's very and nice baskets are always bowls that kind of thing are yeah. always in my kitchen so to have that one is great and oh, that's that it good. and that the initials are off slightly off makes me like it even more <laughs> there's
2: um there's paint on that so careful with the bread oh there is because <laughs> I, like, I paint i you know, like that gold there's some gold in there i think uh-huh. and i that rope is painted gold it's acrylic paint oh. so maybe i should tell people that before i give it to you them. probably <laughs> how did you get into making these bowls well, when I was doing uh, Benedict, this sweet girl named Shauna, or sweet woman named Shauna, she, as a rap gift, she gave me a rope bowl. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, <laughs> how do you do this? How do you do this? <laughs> because I've always wanted to paint. Mm-hmm. And I've, I really, the idea of sewing seems really cool to me. And so I just went on a YouTube dive and I would, I would FaceTime with Shauna mm-hmm. and she would like show me what machine she got. And, and I, so I, I string the rope up on my back porch and then I paint, you know, whatever color I want to do, and then you you just begin to sew the rope together and then you mold it like you maybe kind of would pottery into a bowl. Oh. And then you take leather and then I got an embosser, those kind of things that you <laughs> emboss the leather. And uh, and then I sew the leather on the rope. Yeah. And I just like it's the best thing. It's so I did great. go through a huge with like anything you might have done it with bread where it's like yeah. who wants bread who wants a bowl <laughs> like this is the most exciting thing ever and now it's kind of dwindled off like I, it has yeah <laughs> I need to I need to get back to it yeah
1: yeah no I know exactly what you are when I mean, you look at the podcast <laughs> I haven't stopped baking bread for years I can't stop what kind of sourdough yeah you can take a look at it if you'd like
2: I don't want I didn't know it's a
1: little flatter than I would
2: like but Ooh, um,
1: I think you'll like it
2: so pretty
1: yeah it came out this morning.
2: Dude, it, that's really kind. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to bring you even a better one. It's I overproofed it so it's a you know, little I'm, flat. I'm glad. I'm glad. That's, you know what it is? I appreciate it's it. It's like getting the initials wrong.
2: <laughs> I don't want to say it. Um, I you know what, here's the thing. And you nothing nothing is more satisfying than hot bread and butter.
1: The best.
2: It's the best. It is the best like when you when there is a hot bread platter in front of you and there's and you put some like kosher salt on top of that butter and Uh, that butter is kind of soft it is there is literally nothing better
1: it is so good i literally on my way here was daydreaming there's a place this that has like a gourmet food thing off of sherman way and they sell this french butter in these wheels Mm. and i was like I don't know if I have one in the freezer. I should just stop and eat just in case.
2: <laughs> it's so great. It's and then so great. Like, for the sweet, you just take the same brand and put some Nutella on it.
1: Oh, Nutella. I've never put Nutella on this. It's
2: so good. <laughs> it is so good. It's just there's something. I mean, there's a I love that you call this uh breaking bread because um it's just it's super communal and everybody loves it.
1: It is. I really do love it. I love the process of doing it. I love sharing it with people. Oh. It got a little weird during the pandemic when everyone was shut in their homes and I would be knocking on neighbors' doors like, oh. do you want some bread I made in my kitchen? But
0: what a gift.
2: <laughs> like, what a gift. To, I mean, I to me, that's such a love, you know, offering. All yeah. This, you know?
1: And it really, there's something about it when you're doing it with the person in mind.
2: Like this is like a so like this is like a two, so like flat, like a two day <laughs> Yeah. Well,
1: sometimes you know you let your friends down a little. Right. Like not so
2: good looking David Swimmer.
1: <laughs> no, but like last night I had a, a show at Largo, mm. and I and it went long, mm. and I I had fed the sourdough starter earlier in the day, <clears throat> and then. Put the dough like together, monster, like, it, it like yeah, and then put it together like early in the evening. Yeah, and then I went off to Largo, and I figured I'll go and I'll be back and I'll finish Tony's bread. That's and really sweet. And someone didn't show up, and I ended up having to go on last, and so I was there for a couple of hours, and I got home at like eleven, and now it was kind of overproofed, and I but I've got to get this done so. I can bake it in the morning when I first wake up, so it'll be ready for for when we meet. So it's like the whole time you're on my oh, mind, it's great. It's and it's a great be... thing. Like you're thinking about oh yeah. your, your pal the whole time. I love that. Yeah, it was. So good.
2: Do you, can, this the starter. This is, is, mm-hmm. is I don't really understand any of this. So is it did somebody give you the starter, or did you make your own starter?
1: Uh, both ways. A friend gave me a, a writer on I wrote on the show called red oaks on amazon and Mm -hmm. when one of the writers on there gave me some of his starter Mm. and then my daughter when i told her the story about this process of like you just take flour and water Mm -hmm. and yeast from the air goes in and starts to eat it and then you keep feeding it more and now you've captured a culture Mm. and then you keep that and you feed it for people have them for like hundreds of years Mm -hmm. and uh and that starter uh so I had the one that was sent from my friend and then the one that my daughter started. And the one that my daughter started is actually the very active, really strong one. Hmm. That's that one. Yeah.
2: And so is it something, do you just take a piece of it and put it? Yeah. So uh-huh. if you're
1: going to make, if you're going to, if I, when I was baking this bread, I yeah. took a tablespoon of it, put it in a bowl uh-huh. and fed it some, it's just sitting in a mason jar in uh-huh. the, in the. In the Refrigerator uh-huh. and then when it's time to bake uh-huh. I take it put it in there add some flour and water to it and it starts to eat the It's, Gosh. it's, it's being fed. So it, it is yeah, wild. and then you do that two or three times and now it gets really active. It's really hungry It's really eating it and it's getting really bubbly and it becomes this bubbly thing and that's your yeast so the only other thing in the bread is flour water and salt huh. and then that yeast,
2: so it's kind of there's like a chemistry it's kind of an exciting experiment each time,
1: yeah, it kind of is it is, and then you manipulate it with the different flowers and the amount of time, yeah, and you start to manipulate the flavors and stuff
2: so when you one more question about this when you are making since you you know so much about it, mm. what constitutes a bad sourdough when you taste it uh when you taste sometimes it could be too sour.
1: Sometimes huh. you know it could be it could be uh, I don't really you know like a San Francisco sourdough that got became mm-hmm. famous for that it um it was very sour but I like it a little more earthy huh like this is a country blend so this has a little bit of rye a little bit of mm-hmm. whole wheat and all purpose mm-hmm. so it'll have a little bit of an nuttier mm-hmm. earthier taste to it.
2: And I take it back about the Nutella. I think butter and jam, really good jam Mm -hmm. with bread is like.
1: That's a good one. It's a really good one. Yeah. Uh, You know, the classic avocado toast. There's a weird one that I really love is I like to take it and put um, cream cheese Mm -hmm. and sardines Hmm. and capers.
2: Ooh. Ooh. I went from.
1: (laughs) It's very complicated. I do love capers. I love capers. I love capers, too. What did you eat when you were a child? Who was the cook in your
2: house? <clears throat> um, my mom cooked for us. Was she a and, good cook? Uh huh. I think so. I don't really, re- I, don't, I don't know about you, but I have a very hard time remembering. <laughs> um, my, but my sister, my brother, and I were talking about this recently, and there was a lot of casseroles with chicken mushroom soup.
1: Uh huh. Where'd you grow up?
2: Uh, my dad was in the army. I've seen... So we, we moved around a lot. Um, but a lot of like eating at the mess hall, like the, the base cafeteria. Right. And, um, (laughs) but back then it was, you know, whatever you, whatever was made, you eat. Like there was no, there was no debating. I don't want that. And I know, you know, I don't really like this. And it's like, if you don't like it, you just don't eat. Like if there's liver in front of you, you got to eat the liver. You just had to eat it. No one said, what do you want tonight? (laughs) No, it's like a short order cook. No. And I mean, I, my daughter is amazing, but this, it's, it is very like, you know, what do we have? You know, yeah a, what, a little piece of this, a little piece of that. Like, what do you think about this? And it's like, my God, it became, it became a cheesecake factory overnight.
1: And then you ask them sometimes, uh, what do you want to eat tonight? And they're like, well, I want this Vietnamese food. And it's like, well, I don't know how to make that. Yeah. You know, so I guess we're ordering in. Oh, okay. All right. Sure. Let's go into your account. Yeah. It's so funny. My mother would would always point that out when she would come stay with us. Oh, yeah. We
2: never asked you kids what you wanted. (laughs) No. And actually, because of that standard, that foundation, the kids never even thought about asking for something else. No. Like, it never crossed my mind that I would be like, can we have something else? I'd be like, can I be hit? No, (laughs) she wouldn't hit me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You didn't have input in any part of your life. No. what you wear like there was what you wore what you ate there was just you just did
2: as you were told (laughs) but there was there was definitely a set family meal
1: yeah that's good but
2: it was just like whatever was there that's what that's what you ate right yeah did you guys were you really i was really into malls when i was a kid oh yeah really really loved going to the mall and that was like a big like the food court Oh, food court all that kind of stuff
1: what was your favorite stop in the food court
2: um, thank you for asking um, <laughs> I would say, which they do not have on the West Coast, the Great American Cookie Company. Oh, I remember that, and they had these double doozy uh <laughs> sandwiches with two cookies and icing in the middle. <laughs> And it's just like, it's such a joy, it's such twosy. a joy. And it's just so sugary, but it's so great. Yeah. And I just actually did recently did this essay for a friend of mine talking about chain restaurants. Oh yeah. They get a real bad rap, Uh uh-huh. but I just love them. <laughs> I love them because, because like when somebody says, you know, oh, all I see is chains. I'm like, yes. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, quantity over quality. <laughs> Happy days. Happy days. You know, those cheddar biscuits and red lobster and there's this there's this great um pizookie. Have you ever had the Pazookie at no. BJ's where it's like a hot it's a chocolate chip cookie and a skillet with ice cream on top? Oh, it's just God. like here's the thing. It's a simple goodness. You know, it's yeah. not some, you know, which is still great, but like a yeah. little pastry with like a dollop of like flavored foam. You know, it's like it's like you're getting like a cook, like a hot cookie. We're in America. We're in America. <laughs>
1: I love the uh, Nathan's Nathan's oh, yeah. hot dogs in yeah, the mall. Yeah, yeah. That was good. Those fries—they would come <clears> with <throat> a little stabby stick. Yeah. Oh, those are good. And also,
2: you know what you're getting.
1: Oh yeah, like consistency.
2: You, consistency. And I don't know if you did this happened to you when you were on tour, but I would. <laughs> When I was in Baltimore, I would sometimes just like walk through uh, Trader Joe's or Whole Foods just for the familiar of it. Ah. Like, it. Like there was a Whole Foods next to me. And then there was right. like if there was like a Chili's or something like I would just go there just because I I've been traveling so much and I knew what to expect.
1: Right. Yeah. You know? It's like being home. Yeah. That's really that's pretty smart yeah i'm always like seeking out these new like unusual places but it's disorienting
2: it's just but hey, there's something about like a trader joe's or just kind of like walking through and being like all right the smell i remember right. like it just feels like familiar
1: yeah yeah i like the chick-fil-a that was a good spot like early days Ooh. chick-fil-a Oh, so good it wasn't really it was
2: waffle fries man <laughs> yeah so good so good, good. <laughs> And their sweet tea that they said didn't have sugar in it, or their lemonade it, but uh-huh. it was the sweetest thing you've ever tasted. You are like, right. this has aspartame or it's something. It's
1: kind of funny to think of you like as an as an army brat leading in those cafeterias, and that it makes sense like when you are in New York, and all of a sudden you are in like the grandest cafeterias in the world when you are interning at these places. Oh yeah,
2: there, I remember we did a we did a party we catered a party the opening of the Philharmonic, and it was this just grand party, wow. and we set it up and the on the desserts in chocolate they had written a score of the music that they were doing that night Whoa. on each of the like 500 plates oh
1: my god the whole
2: like one of the lines of the scoring <laughs> and we would pass it and these just people would just like dive in and, just, and I was like oh, oh my god like this is like these people work so hard on this dessert you know and they're just like oh, I passed the best you just like come on man but then at the end of the night we would do the same thing we would just like dive right. in and just attack it but it was yeah.
1: so beautiful it's amazing those the amount whenever I play Vegas I'm always astonished oh my gosh at the back like in the back of the
2: house seeing oh, the amount of food so much food god really good food Vegas has great food insane What's the best Cirque du Soleil you think out in Vegas?
1: I've never seen one.
2: Really? Yeah. If you see one, I recommend O. Yeah? The water one. Yeah? It is really good.
1: Really? Yeah. All Uh, right.
2: We also saw uh, Love, the Beatles one, which Uh is good. And then there was one more, but I really liked O a lot.
1: Yeah. All right. I think I'm going to play there again in like January or February.
2: Okay, and also the Wheel of Fortune slot machine, I love
1: like. it. The best.
2: <laughs> the best. I love it. I
1: don't need a blackjack table. I don't want to go figure out craps. No. I just want
2: Wheel of... It's happening, Fortune! It's so, it's so joyful. It's also very meditative. It is. And you, I give myself a cap. I say, I'm going to you know, spend you know, $40. Right. And then. if I lose it, then I'm going to bed. But wherever I'm in that 40, I just keep putting it back in. And it's just... I don't even I don't even care about this. It's just the button and watching <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then do it again and watching. It's so nice. I don't know why it's And then so when nice. people say, Oh, do it up to two dollars, I'm like, no, you're taking away my <laughs> yeah, my, my fun turns, time. <laughs> my fun time. I'll do five cents for like two hours. <laughs> yeah.
1: So what is the food situation at home now? Now do you cook at all?
2: We just started doing um HelloFresh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And we really like it. We, we don't do all five days. We do like three of them and it's, it's nice. Like it's, it's right. something we do together. Like each of us will prepare one of them because we only have three people in our family. And so right. Oh, that's good. Each person prepares it and it's just a nice time that we and try something new. Right. It, it's
1: really good. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. nice. Well, I hope you enjoy the bread.
2: Thank you very much, man. Let
1: me know if you enjoy it because I'm going to bring you some more.
2: You don't actually don't have to.
1: I know, but I'm going to.
2: Is this a fi- What is this?
1: That's my uh, my little logo. It's a face. Uh,
2: did you notice um, my my logo on your basket?
1: No. I don't remember.
2: Um, well, it's really pretty.
1: It's is upside that? down.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I thought it looked like a fish. <laughs> no, it's a I face. I gave like the fish and loaves. And you know,
1: I'm starting to think that maybe no one sees it. Oh, it's a face. It. Yeah.
2: Oh, I do see the face. Yeah. Oh, nice. It's like winking. Yeah. Is it winking? He's a little sleepy. No. (laughs) I saw that as like... I thought that was a fish with two loaves, like the Bible story. Oh, that's funny.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you so much for doing this. This is really great. I mean, this is why I do the podcast. To sit with people that I and get to spend some time with them is really nice. So fun. Thanks for asking me, man. Do you want a piece of cheese? Um, It's uh, smoked gouda.
2: Smoked gouda? Yeah. I just had a white... A goat cheese gouda from Trader Joe's that was pretty good.
1: Oh really? You really love the Trader Joe's?
2: That's what I love. Trader Joe's. (laughs) (laughs) I do.
1: Do you get any of the prepared sandwiches at Trader Joe's, like the wraps or any of that? No.
2: No. That's beyond my. That's beyond me. (laughs) I like. I like they have these little dark chocolate mints with honey in them, Mm. and they have those great sausages like, um, uh, chicken chicken apple sausage and all this kind of stuff. Ooh, nice!
1: This is a salami with uh, truffle
2: oh really where did you where yeah. get that
1: there's an Italian market in uh, Burbank don't
2: care it's not whole food. It's Not, not <laughs> where it is oh it's an Italian market in Burbank
1: there's no Hawaiian tiki signs around mm-hmm. it <laughs> not familiar don't care <laughs> it's pretty good though right really good yeah I
2: can totally taste the truffle
1: yeah yeah it's good it's uh, an Italian market in Burbank
2: who else is going to be on this podcast with you um,
1: we've had a lot of great people uh, no one else today. Do
2: you sometimes do two in a day?
1: Uh, yeah.
2: Is that kind of exhausting?
1: Um, sometimes it's you know I was actually not like it, I really look forward to them. Like mm. I look forward to like spending time with people, and it's I really you know, and I do that radio show with Fortune, mm-hmm. and that's two hours in the morning, and mm. then buzz over here when I have people that I can do it with. Um, do you know what, like I'm always I, talking,
2: <laughs> I, I would, I, I love that you got to that space because as a guest, you kind of come in like almost in a performance, a little bit of a performance mindset Sure. where it's like, you know, you, give, you want to give, you want give a good uh, episode for you. And it's just, this kind of like what story's going to tell, but being on the other side, I think you can kind of get to a relaxed place where you really do want to just hang out. Yeah. And that's I bet a really nice space to be in.
1: Yeah. It's a it's you know, you I'm conscious of that too. It's like I you want it to be fun and you want it sure. to keep moving and and but it's so interesting because like if I we run into each other at a party or whatever, we'll just, you know, have fun and talk right. about whatever. But even People I've known for years, you never sit and say, so how did you feel when you're yeah. trying to develop a character? Like, that's like yeah, yeah, you never yeah. get to do that. Right. So in this space, you do. Right. So it's, uh, without it being, like, really super performative, it's, like, it's still interesting. You yeah. Know?
2: And I love, I love going deep. Yeah. I, so, I, so, I would think if I did, I would have to really watch because mm-hmm. there's a part of me that wants to, like, get to trauma. And it's like, where is this coming from? And because, yeah, uh-huh. you know, we're, we're comic actors. And right. Like, and it's like, man, where is... But, but then you have to watch Boundaries. Like, I don't want to ask something that somebody else want to talk about. And,
1: uh, yeah. And I always... I don't know if you have this moment where with interviewers, I have it a lot with fans at shows. Like, someone will ask me a question, and I'll start going, talking about it. And then I'll go, like, a little further than they expect, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I'll be like, yeah, but I was just feeling like a little... I don't know, I was just kind of disconnected and I was just kind of dreaming. and they kinda of look at you like, Okay, that was fun. And then they walk away. <laughs> it's like
0: no, we no, we don't we don't
1: come good. to you for that. Right. We come to you for the funny stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you start talking about something deeper. I don't know. But in this space in this space I feel like you can mm-hmm. you can go a little deeper if you if it leads that way.
2: Yeah. which is I think needed. Completely. I think it's needed uh, this arena and it's also needed for our community mm-hmm. outside of this arena where it's just like, I think more people, because I just feel like, especially after the pandemic in life, like, mm-hmm. thank you for having me. You're the best. Oh, I appreciate it.
1: When I bring bread, do you think he will give me a different poll?
2: <laughs> One that is not painted on? Yes. Thank you. I apologize about that. It's all right. I'm now second guessing my comment that I made. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we got it, Aaron. that's it everybody how great was Tony I told you he was going to be great go back you know what just go to the beginning and listen to it again I know it was that enjoyable thank you so much Tony Hale you're the best thank all of you for listening and thanks our good friends at Latheweights we'll see you next time